as men, we can become preoccupied with financial success. I've certainly felt that at times myself. But the team and I have designed a quiz that's going to help you improve your intentions to achieve better results for your career and business. And there's a link to it in the show notes. I'll tell you more at the end of this episode. But for now, enjoy listening. And then I remember being ushered into this room where there was a cacophony of noise. There was lots and lots of people ushered into this room, lots of families. And amongst all the hustle and bustle, we were directed into this room and and we clocked eyes. Welcome to Stories of Men, Beneath the Surface. I'm Alex Melia. Join me as we discover what it means to be a man in the modern era. So many men that I've come across whilst doing this podcast tell me that they've been shaped by the kind of man that their father was to them. In his work, Paul Bannister's organisation, Man Health, supports men facing an array of mental health challenges. Events in his childhood might have shaped this career choice. The year was 1969. Paul Bannister and his brother Neil were at home on a day like any other, playing quietly. When a group of relatives dropped by to take them on a day out, Paul and Neil jumped happily into the car, unaware of their destination. We were very excited to be taken out on a day trip to where we had no idea, so it was a great adventure for us. So we arrived at the destination and uh, we were like two coil springs, two young boys who had been on it, trapped in a car for three hours. And my auntie opened the door and shouted, Neil, Paul, come on, it's time to go. I remember it being a, a winter day. It was very, very cold. And we both had our big coats on. So we ran out into the open spaces and we were running around it was a garden area we happened across this waterfall with it being the winter the waterfall was in it was in full flow and it was behind the fence this waterfall and i vividly remember looking at this waterfall and thinking wow this is extraordinary neil and i were captivated by this cascading water as young boys are it doesn't take a lot to captivate young boys and i remember our relatives shouting neil paul come on it's time to go we were getting taken into this huge stone Victorian building and, and I remember climbing up some stairs and walking into this building thinking, yeah, what excitement could this contain? We had no idea what to expect. And then I remember being ushered into this room where there was a cacophony of noise. There was lots and lots of people ushered into this room, lots of families. And amongst all the hustle and bustle, we were directed into this room and, and we clocked eyes. So we recognised this familiar face amongst this throng of people and we were directed towards this person. And my face lit up when I realised that the person across the room was my father, who we hadn't seen quite a while. We sat down at the table facing my father and my father was excited to hear about what was going on in our lives and was asking us lots of questions about what we were doing and what was going on. We were answering probably as small boys do with three limited answers we were just excited to be where we were and looking around in our environment and wanting to go and explore really so there wasn't a great deal of interaction at that time i recall after spending time in this in this room with my father there was a tannoy and the tannoy said visiting time is over can all prisoners make their way back to their cells and all the, the metal chairs being pushed backwards and all at the same time in unison and that noise and all the men leaving the room again in line 
And at that point, we said our goodbyes to our father and we were confused as to why he was leaving and not coming with us. He was being directed in back into the depths of this Victorian stone building and we were left in this room with our, with our relatives. I'm just curious, Paul, as a five-year-old in 1969, to have that experience where you're walking into this prison, you don't really know what a prison is, right? You're just a young boy, you're excited to see your dad. What impact did that whole experience have on you, not just as a five-year-old, but going into your adulthood essentially as well? I think as a five-year-old, it probably had very, very little impact on my life. I mean, I, I knew my father wasn't there and he wasn't no longer part of our lives. But in fairness, he, he, he wasn't really a big part of our lives before, before he left our lives. Uh, he had little to do with us. Remember, this was the 1960s and uh, the, the women in the household were the, the primary caregivers and the men went out to work and the men you know, put the food on the table. So they didn't play a huge role in, in, our, in our lives as young children back in the 1960s. Thankfully, that's changed a great deal. Um, so yeah, so the impact was obviously my dad wasn't there. My, my mother was unwell. Um, but again, that didn't impact us really because we as, as small children, we probably weren't aware of that. And that, and that was, that was hidden from us. It wasn't until, till, till I've got much older in my life and started reflecting on many of the decisions I made throughout my life, some many wrong decisions, um, decisions made because I had no male role model in my life, perhaps because I had no guidance. All the decisions that I made in relationships, uh, my, my relationships were certainly defined by, by not understanding what a relationship is and what it should be. Uh, all these things that I did in my life were, were probably defined by, by what happened back in the mid-1960s in, in, in our house that night. I could definitely relate to that because you do look at situations that happen to you as a kid and you don't realise at the time until you get older as to how you're defined so much by traumas that happen to you as a kid. They really do shape you. And then there's an opportunity then that's presented to you to say, do I actually allow this experience to define me or do I actually break the cycle yeah, without a doubt. I, I mean, I reflect now with, the, with what I do for a living now. I, I work with, with, with men who are struggling with problems in their lives, and, I, and I've reflected a great deal on, on, on what happened to me in my childhood years. And we, we did experience childhood trauma. Uh, we did experience adverse childhood experiences, uh, which, which I now know have defined my life um, you know, and, and the life of my siblings. So, so there's no doubt about it that, that my life was defined by them moments and, and, and my life could have gone either way in terms of, you know, how that trauma could have affected me. I, I, you know, um, I once remember getting me fortune told when I was in my 30s, um, which is something, you, you know, you know, you sometimes encounter people with, a, with and someone said, I'm going to read the palm of your hand. Uh, and they read the palm of my hand and they said, you are destined to be an alcoholic. Uh, and I thought, wow, that's strange. There's no history of alcoholism in my family. But now I, I recognize the fact that could it be connected to my childhood trauma? Because we know that trauma is often the gateway 
to to addictions, uh, and I often wonder uh, had 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 she been able to see something in me as a person. I, I, I don't really believe in in the ability for someone to read a person by by looking at the palm of their hand. But again, it was yeah. It's, it's interesting to know if that was an insight into into me and into my personality from what she knew of me. What an interesting thing for someone to say to someone else <laughs> that you're destined to be an alcoholic. Were they were they the words that they were used? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You will you will be an alcoholic. She said the, the exact words were you'll be an alcoholic before you're thirty. So it was a very strange, a very strange thing to hear. She knew me as a, she probably knew whether she could see something in me and whether I have got an, an addictive personality, I don't know. Um, you know, I'm very driven. So it could be, it could be that she saw that in me. I am very driven as a person. I, I, I'm searching for something. I don't know what it is I'm searching for, but I am searching for something in my life. Uh, I don't think I've found it yet. And, I, and I'm never satisfied with, with what I achieve, which is a failing in myself because I, there have been some major achievements in my life, but I never take any satisfaction from them. I always seem to be searching for for something else, um, which again has defined my life and I don't know what it is I'm searching for. I wanted to ask about your dad. What was he in prison for? And how did that relate to the family and, and your mother as well? Uh, my father was in prison. Was in prison for domestic violence. Me, my father, on that on that evening, tried to kill my mother with a, with a kitchen knife. Uh, so he was sent down for attempted murder. How was that communicated to you? And and what what age were you when you found that out? It was it was back again. It was in sixties and seventies. As children, we, we we led very sheltered lives, and we were adults never never not like they do now. They seem to share everything with the children. We, we were we were sheltered from that, and it wasn't until I was probably a teenager that, that I became aware that that, that had happened. Uh, and an, another interesting part of that is that I didn't realise until I was much older that my mother had suffered really badly from post-traumatic stress disorder, which led to her having quite severe depression. Uh, and she, I look back now, and, and I can see it now that. She was really struggling. She was bringing bringing up four small children in the sixties. Uh, the sole breadwinner in the house that must have been extremely difficult for her. She was working extremely long hours, uh, but there was no real connection from her with us. And I think that was a consequence of uh, of her post traumatic stress disorder and her poor mental health. And the thing about your mother as well, having PTSD in those times in the 60s and 70s, not much was known about it back then. So what a difficult experience it was for her because nowadays people can immediately say, oh, well, that's PTSD because of the stressful scenario that you went through. But my heart goes out to her because she didn't know what she was going through, right? And probably a lot of people didn't either. Yeah, I don't. I, don't, I, I know for a fact she wouldn't have known that. There would be no knowledge, like you said, the late sixties, early seventies, were the victim of that level of violence, and, and certainly she didn't get any aftercare or any counselling. Um, so yeah, I, I know at one point social services were very, very were looking at us. Me, my, my mother was that ill, looking to take us all into care, uh, and my mother fought tooth and nail to keep us out of care, out of the care home system. Um, so you know, she, you know, 
kudos to her. She, she, you know, what she did for her children uh, when she was quite unwell herself. Um, yeah, it's, it's, I've got nothing but admiration for her for doing that and, and, and deep love for her for doing that and saving us from going into the care home system. And we talked before filming, you asked me a question about what drives me. And we were talking about role models and you just alluded to that a few minutes ago about role models, about wanting a role model and feeling like you didn't have a, a male role model in your life. And it's interesting how you've gone down this route of having man health, your men's health and welfare organization where you go into different businesses and you give talks about different issues that man, men face, suicide, depression, anxiety, things like that. And the fact that you didn't have that male role model as a kid, do you think you're then playing the role of a male role model to lots of other men now to give people what you didn't have? Yeah, without a doubt. I think I, I, I don't want to define myself as a role model much like you do, but uh, I would like to pass on my knowledge and my experience and my, my yearning to be a, to be a better man. I, I, I really do feel that as a gender there's a there's a lack of real role models there's a lack of direction with a lot of men and you know listening to these stories where other men have have come through this trauma and and, and, and come out of the other side and are there to support other men i'm really really driven by by helping others uh, i don't know where that stems from um but i'm really driven to help other men i just as much as i possibly can i, I get great pleasure in in supporting other men and, uh, and it, you know, if I can share my story with them and, and they can take something from that, um, that's really, really important. And, uh, and to me, it's, it's really important. It's what drives me. Uh, you know, I think we as men can do, can do better. I think we, we get portrayed really, really badly in the media uh, I think there's lots of good men out there, lots of good men who care passionately about their, their communities, who care passionately about their families, who care passionately about making a difference in the world. I just think they need that encouragement to to show their worth to the world. Uh, and th that's that's really important to me, giving them the strength and giving them the voice to be able to do that. Going back to when you were a child and you're this little boy whose father is not around because your father's in prison, do you feel like you weren't helped to become the man that you wanted to be? And now it's almost like you're, you're giving people an opportunity to get something that you didn't have. Uh, without a doubt. I had no roadmap at all to being a man, no roadmap whatsoever. I didn't know what a man was. I didn't know what a man should do. Uh, I had to find all this out for myself. Uh, and I encountered, did the wrong, I did many wrong things. I did many right things, uh, but it was all a learning process, and I'm still learning now what it is to be a to man. And I reflect all the time about myself wanting to be a better man. What can I do? And it was really, really difficult. And I, and I, fi I found I find now my life would have been totally different if I'd had a good, a good male role model. I do believe that, uh, and I was I've always yearned for that good male role model. Always yearned for that that father figure that I never had. Yeah, it's a, it's an interesting one because my my real dad was never around. He's from Ireland, but he lives in America. And I saw him every two or three years. And that was, that definitely impacted me as a, as a kid. My stepdad worked a lot. He was a coal miner and worked 
after that work six six seven days a week shift work so we didn't really see that much of him as a kid as well and I think my life would have been different if I'd have had a, a strong male role model who was who was around and was able to teach me certain things and I suppose it's maybe I look back and think have I avoided becoming a father until I feel like I'm happy with the man that I've become because just like yourself, I'm still learning, still growing, still trying to improve. And maybe it's almost this fear of, I don't want to give my son the same experience as, as I got as a kid. I want, so I think there is, there is this sort of feeling of you never really gonna be the perfect man. And I don't think that perfect man exists, right? Yeah, I don't think he does, but uh, I think we should all strive to try and be the best version of ourselves every day. And it's interesting what you said about, I had a daughter who's, uh, when I was 33 and my daughter's 26 now, and I, and I love her daily and, I, and I, I strive to give her everything that I felt I never had. And appreciating what you've got. I mean, I've got my health, uh, I've got a, be a beautiful daughter, I've got a lovely partner who's very supportive of me. I've got great colleagues who surround me. I've got lovely friends. That that to me is 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 worth a lot. That's contentment. That's that's satisfaction. That's what we should all be striving for. I think. And I used to think work defined me. Work doesn't define you as a person. What defines you is these relationships. What re what defines you is your connections. What defines you is what difference you make in the world. That's what defines you as a man. It didn't start with you. Is the name of a book I've been reading. It's been a fascinating book. It relates to issues that we've inherited from our parents. Paul's problems were started by his parents. And the tough thing that he has to live with is that he was never told the story by either of them about what had happened between them in terms of his mum being attacked by his dad and the impact that it had on both of them. His dad, being a lovely man as Paul called him, shows that people can change. And perhaps prison was, as the Americans call it, a correctional facility for him thereby correcting his past grievous mistakes. Do you think that serving time in prison absolves you of your crimes? Or do you think that there's extra work that has to be done above and beyond our prison system? Paul had the foresight and determination to make amends with his father later in life, before it was too late, which was not only about repairing their relationship, but repairing the traumas that he had experienced from him personally. Whether he knew it or not, I'm sure it was healing for him personally and perhaps helped him to go down a different path with his own child. What are we all searching for and will we ever find it? All the jobs and organisations Paul has set up over the years seems to link with a resource he wished he had, whether it be looking for a male role model through being a teacher or through his organisation Man Health, or even through the charity he'd set up for those with cerebral palsy like he has with his daughter. Therefore, he's clearly built for impact and not only profit. When businesses are built with this in mind, the drive and determination, in my opinion, is completely different and therefore more rewarding and successful. It must have been incredibly challenging for Paul growing up. The day-to-day -day of not just missing your dad, but not understanding where he actually was and why he was in prison for both himself and his brother. This happened in the 60s but I'm imagining all the boys with their absent dads in prison in 2024 and thinking how much both parties are suffering, that this is a symptom of a wider crisis and a lack of male role models. 
And the sad reality is a lot of kids with dads in prison will become dads in prison because that's the life they've been shown to lead. A vicious cycle that rears its ugly head unless, unless there's a real intervention made. It cost the UK government over £46,000 to house just one prisoner a year and there are nearly 100,000 prisoners in the UK prison system. That's £4.6 billion. Money that I'm sure could be better spent on an intervention to a young boy before they get involved into a life of crime. What do you think needs to be done to give boys the male role models that they so desperately need? I mentioned at the start about us as men caring a lot about financial success. The truth is, we all want to make money and excel in our work. But understanding what drives us to our definition of success is important. That's why the team and I have designed a simple, easy quiz that's going to help you learn a lot about yourself and help set realistic targets for success. It takes less than three minutes to complete. We as men can be incredibly successful, driven individuals, but how we get there is important to understand particularly for our mental health. Through the man quiz, you'll answer questions about your identity as a modern man. The aim is to better understand who you are to achieve the results you want in your life and work. Click the link to the quiz in the show notes now. You never know, you might just learn something new about yourself that you didn't know before.